Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein, and today we're talking about second homes. Like, do you even need one? Now, Les and I don't have a second home, but man, I have thought about it, especially since I now live where it is hot, hot, hot in the summertime. So if you have a second home, or if you are even considering getting a second home, then you're going to love this episode. In this show, my guest host, Kathy Gottberg, and I are going to talk about an article that Tom Sidings wrote on whether this retirement dream is actually a dream or a drain on your retirement. Today's guest host as I mentioned before, is Kathy Gottberg. Kathy came on the show in 2018, and her episode on downsizing, or what she calls right-sizing, was the most popular episode of 2018. She has a blog called Smart Living 365, which talks about all kinds of things that people in our stage of life could use. Check it out at Smart Living, the number 365.com. She's going to be joining us again for four episodes. This is the second in the series, and last week we discussed whether you even needed a big house to be comfortable. This week, we'll be breaking down that article that Tom Sidings wrote and give you our thoughts on second homes. But before we start, of course, I have to tell you that this episode is brought to you by the Medicare Quick Step-by-Step Guide for Signing Up for Medicare. If you're signing up for Medicare, you already know how confusing it is. If you know someone who's signing up for Medicare, you can tell them about this guide as well. Best yet, it's absolutely free and it'll help you easily make the transition into Medicare. You can go right now to medicarequick.com slash checklist to get your guide. Best yet, I am the founder of Medicare Quick, and I love personally helping people with their Medicare. Okay, I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Kathy, thank you once again for guest hosting with me today. And thank you once again for having me, because it's so much fun. I I feel like we're old friends, just because it's so easy easy to talk to you. I love it, and I love our conversations of second homes. And last week, when you told me that you were in the real estate business, I don't know why I didn't know that about you. Well, again, it's I have a real estate broker's license that I've had for longer than I care to mention, but I found out early on that I was a better writer than I was a salesperson. So I've written about real estate far more than I ever sold it. Yeah, but it gives you a perspective that other people don't have. So I love the fact that, that you have that background. Well, thank you. It has been very helpful. And also, my husband is a, a, a broker. He does commercial real estate. So it's been a, a, real estate has been a, a very important part of our lives. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Now, I know that you picked out this article for us to talk about. My guest hosts always do. And I bet you didn't know that I was, you know, sitting here sweating this summer <laughs> when we're, I don't know when this episode is going to be released, but right now it's in June. And let me tell you, it has been hot, 
very hot. Understood. Well, and, <laughs> and I think I told you, I live in the Palm Springs area of Southern California, which is also desert. It's not as humid as where you are, but it's very hot today. I think it's supposed to be 115 degrees, but I'm not there because I am instead in our mountain cabin that we rent. Oh, you rent a cabin. We See. rent a cabin. And we've been doing this for 23 years. And we get the question constantly, why don't you buy a second home? Because you go there every summer for a month. Um, and our standard answer is, we love coming here for a month. And then we love turning the key back over to the owner for the other 11 month and we go somewhere else or do something else. So to us, I think it's a really important question because we see so many people be romanticized into thinking, oh, I, oh, they're up in the trees. It's hot where I live. I'm going to buy a house here. And yet they don't consider all the downsides or the cons. And that's one thing this article points out is some of the cons, not all the cons that are, in my opinion, but some of the cons that I really think people need to consider before they go and buy a second home. Yes. But before we get into that, I have to ask you. Okay, so it's only June right now as we record this. Right. You're staying for a month. What What do you do in July and August? Well, <laughs> funny you should ask. Okay, first, uh, we, um, we're not retired. We are semi-retired. So we still have a fairly good income. And we're also right-sized, which I talked about in the other episode that we talked about uh, or that we've talked over. And right-sizing, what that means is we've made a lot of lifestyle choices that allow us to spend money in ways that are very enriching to us rather than on a big lifestyle. Um, so we downsized or right-sized, um, and that gives us a lot of extra income. And what that means is every month we rent a place in the mountains. We will be renting for a month and a half. We'll be renting a place at the beach, which is obviously way cooler. Um, Southern <laughs> California beaches are very nice. And the other 30 days, we're actually taking a road trip up to Vancouver Island to visit with friends and family. Okay, so you're gone for three or four months. You're just not gone for a month. Exactly. We we have the freedom to go to all these different places. And uh, that, that brings up another issue about the whole second home. When you buy a second home, guess where you're going? To you're that home. There. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you better love it because you're going to be tied to it until you sell it. And um, and hopefully you can get out what you put into it if you do sell it. And, and that doesn't happen. Like where I am right now is an hour out of Palm Springs. It's up in the mountains in 5,000 feet. And it's gorgeous here. It's beautiful. But because there's been some fires in, in the not too recent past, the uh, fire insurance here has skyrocketed. In fact, um, in some some companies have pulled out completely. And you don't have to pay it. I don't have to pay that. And we got up here and the refrigerator, you know, three days in, the refrigerator went out, which, no. you know, is, is tragic <laughs> anywhere. I mean, um, but it's really nice to call the landlord and say, guess what? I mean, it's always a hassle, but it wasn't our responsibility. We had, we had somebody we could call. We didn't have to take care of it ourselves. And I know so many people, they spend most of, they spend at least half the time they're in their vacation home cleaning it up and, and maintaining it and, you know, doing all the things that every house needs maintenance. And I don't want to spend my vacation maintaining a house. I want to enjoy it. You know, I've heard of some millennials and, you know, millennials are not young. They're like in their 30s and 40s these days. Can you believe right. that? 
Um, <laughs> right. They're not even going to buy a house, a, like a regular house. Right. You know, there's a author, his his name is, gosh, what, what's his name? Ramit Sethi. Have you heard of him? No, I don't believe so. He has a blog and he wrote a book called I Will Teach You To Be Rich. And uh. he, he's kind of like you, and, but but in a different way because he lives a lavish lifestyle. Okay. But he only spends money on things that he really wants. And the two things that he really wants, I think, are clothes and travel, I think. Ah. And, but like he spends a lot of money on clothes, but he, um, he doesn't own a house. He lives in New York and he rents. Hmm. You know, he's like, why should I buy a house? I, I don't really value that. I've rented the same place for so many years. It's interesting. You know, you think, oh, I have always been taught that I need to buy a house. And honestly, there's nothing like the feeling of owning a house outright, knowing that it can't be taken away from you. Very true. Yeah, but, but as a, coming from my real estate background, I actually have two thoughts on that. One is people got into homes that they honestly could not afford. They were bigger, fancier, more expensive than they could afford. That's That was a, a huge portion of what happened with the housing crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe the banks were not helpful at all. They were making money and they, they gave loans to people that they should never have given them to. Didn't the government make them? Like, oh, the, the government at the time, I seem to remember the government promoting... Uh, I don't want to say poor people, but low-income people to buy a house. Well, there then. was there was that, but honestly, I know so many mortgage brokers that were making money hand over fist and looking the opposite way when it came to qualifications. Um, so I I don't think banks are to be discluded from the problem. But what happened is people got romanced into the idea that if they bought this really big expensive house, they could just turn around and sell it in a year or two and make a gazillion dollars. Well, certainly in California, they thought that. (laughs) Well, but you know, that's like a Ponzi scheme or a pyramid scheme, right? Eventually somebody's going to end up lost. And that's what happened is a lot of people lost those homes. So in those cases, rather than buy a home that you can't afford, say you have to live in New York City because that's where your work is, if you cannot afford uh, comfortably afford a property, then you probably should rent. Renting is probably a better choice. But if you're like me, and I think I told you in the last episode, my husband and I, when we right size, we bought a smaller home, free and clear, and we made it as energy efficient as possible. We don't have HAOA dues, and our utilities and our taxes and insurance and everything is less than three hundred a month. That's now, just we crazy. Could- I know we couldn't live anywhere cheaper than where we live now. So I'm see no it won't matter how old we are, nobody can put us out of that. As long as I can scrounge up $300 from my social security, I'll always have a place to live. And you'll get more than $300 in social security. I think <laughs> God knows I hope so. And you can always go to the soup kitchen for for lunch or meals on wheels or something. But so the idea of having a home I think is in, in many cases, it's good security for um, uh, for seniors um, to know that they'll have a place that they can they can live. But the problem is, if you if you're barely making it now in your home, and you're uh, see, how are, and you have a huge mortgage that's going to go on for another thirty or forty years, and and you're kind of an advanced age, how is that going to? Ha- I mean, it doesn't take rocket science to figure out that that's not going to work. That's a recipe for disaster. You know, I had a client years ago. I, I have to interrupt. I had a client years yes, ago, and the writing was on the wall. Okay, mm-hmm. she was going to have to sell her house, 
You know, mm-hmm. there was it, she could not afford to live in the house. And Correct. about a year prior, I said to her, "Why don't you rent out one of the rooms?" Oh, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. I don't want anybody living. I I don't want a roommate. And it wound up, she wound up having to sell her house. And not only did she sell her house, but she killed her retirement account. Oh. You know, because she kept cashing out money so that she could yeah. pay. And mm-hmm. so instead of doing something, you know, people want to put their head in the sand. Right. You know, they're like, Unfortunately. Well, I'll figure it out. Well, you can't always figure it out, especially when you get to a certain age. You're, you're less, let's face it. There is discrimination out there, and you're less likely to be hired. Yes, yes, and you're less. And I think what do they say? Something almost like fifty percent of people retire earlier than they wanted to or needed to because they physically weren't able to keep working. And you've got to consider that nobody wants to think about that, but it, it can happen. So yeah, let's get back to this subject. I, you know me, I my mind wanders. So what are some of the pros? Why don't you go ahead and list the first pro? And we'll talk about it. I think you already kind of mentioned it. Right. I, I, I think from the article that we're referring to is his first pro was you can use the property whenever you want, which is true. It's like it's so tempting to think, oh, this weekend I want to run up to the mountains and use my property. But how often are you going to do it? Well, that's, the, that's one of the cons because how often are you actually going to do it because life gets in the way, you know, before you know it, you've got a thousand other things on the on the plate and, and you can't get to it. And also you're tied to having to go to that one place rather than having the freedom to say, I just heard about this coolest place over here. Let's go check that out this that's week. That's right. That's right. Because no, if I go somewhere, it's got to be to the to my cabin that I own. Right. You know, right. But on the pro side, if you want to paint your your cabin purple, you uh-huh. can, right? How many <laughs> That's people? very true. Now, your neighbors might not like it. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very true. But it's like, um, I don't go on vacation to paint, honestly. So it kind of depends on you. When we come to the mountains, we do so much. I mean, we're, we're big walker hikers. We're not like real strenuous hikers, but we are constantly on the move. And because it's so beautiful out um, and the weather is so wonderful up here in the mountains compared to what it's out like back home, we're outside all the time. And it's like the last thing I want to do is be um, dolling up my house. I, I mean, I like the way my house looks at home, but I don't need to do that to a second home. I totally get it. And you know how many people I know that, oh, so I was just talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago that I met here in Sun City, where I live now, mm-hmm. and she told me that she bought her house but didn't actually move into it for four years. Oh. And so <laughs> they were, and she had another house too, so she had three houses all at the same time. And I said to her, well, did you rent it out? Oh, no. Oh, no. I didn't want somebody else living in my house. (laughs) So for four years, her house sat empty. And she said the same thing. I came down and I used it for when I was on vacation. But Uh isn't it funny how possessive we are of our homes? And, you know, for me, Uh I don't know if you know this, but I'm I'm a house sitter. And for the listener, if you want to be able to get free house sitting or if you want to go and get free places to stay, go to my, it's not an affiliate link, but if you use my, my code, 
you'll get to you'll get 25% off and I'll get two free months added to my membership. But it's go to rockyourretirement.com slash THS. And basically, it's a company called Trusted House Sitters. It was started in uh, Australia by a woman. And for a membership fee of about 120 bucks a year, they match uh, house sitters with people who, who want their houses sat. <laughs> uh-huh. So in August of, we're, we're recording this in June, in August of 2019, I'm going to England for three weeks, dog sitting, and I'm Ooh. staying in the home absolutely free. And um, now I'm I'm paying for my 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 uh, my airfare, and right. I decided that I wanted to go first class. So we're going first class. Um, Les didn't want to go first class, and I told him it was okay if he he if he went coach and I would go first class. But <laughs> he just grumbled and said okay. <laughs> right, right. Well, what you might not know is when I said we'll be traveling, um, taking a road trip for um, thirty days in July, is we have somebody coming to our hot home in the desert mm-hmm. and going to sit and take care of our dog while we're gone the entire time through trusted house sitters. You're We've kidding? Isn't that no, we've great? Used them four times. Oh, they're wonderful. They're for pet owners who like to travel. They are wonderful. And and for people who like to travel and like pets and want to be able to knock off that uh, that expense of staying in a, a place, it's fabulous. It's really it's good for everybody. It's a win win. But for not everybody. only that, and I don't want to turn this into a trusted house sitter show, but. Not only that, but you get to live like a local instead of living in oh, a yeah. hotel. Oh, I mean, definitely. Hotels are just kind of uh, not personal. And I don't know. I would just much rather stay in somebody's home as long as it's clean. Um, right. Well, and see, we, we stay in Airbnbs. We mm. very seldom, unless it's a one-night stay and then we'll stay in a hotel. Otherwise, we always stay in Airbnbs. And we try to stay three or four nights in a place at a time. And um, But, yeah, that's a different way of travel. Um, but, you know, I do – you get it, you mentioned how people have this pride of ownership thing um, right. going. And, and that's that's part of it. We have people who say, well, you, you have a stranger come and stay in your home while you're gone? How does that feel? And it's like, I stay in a hotel room or an Airbnb and it doesn't feel any stranger. Exactly. Why, would I, why would I be? I'm not that attached to my stuff, to be honest with you. I think some people are very attached to what they own. Um, to me, it's like I have nice things and I'd like to take care of them, but I'm not, I don't define myself by the stuff I own. And that includes a second home or lack thereof. Well, Kathy, I have to tell you that when I did my calculation last week, as far mm-hmm. as how many times my guest room has been used, right? I did not include the two separate trusted house sitters that have been to my home. So you have them stay in your guest. We we let them use our master room because, yeah. like I told you, yeah. So it, to us, it's like, okay, I, I mean, I'm very clean and I make sure everything's well protected and all that good stuff. But to me, it's like uh, I sleep in hotel room. Why would I be worried about, um, you know? Yeah, <laughs> anyway, that's a let, whole other topic. So here's, and that's true. And when I've house sat before, I've stayed in the master bedrooms. For us, because we do we do have that guest room. Uh-huh. I put everything, all of our really personal stuff goes in the master and we lock the door. Uh, so, we do have a lock closet. Yeah, we do have a lock closet that we yeah. do put um, really important things that we don't want anybody going through. So. But yeah, I, I agree with you. The pride of ownership of owning a second home, probably, I probably don't need that. I can probably get away 
from where I live in the summer, just using trusted house sitters. So you probably just saved me a couple hundred thousand dollars. Thank you. (laughs) I'm very happy to do that too. (laughs) And you know, I know a lot of people, one of the big arguments people say, well, now I can rent it out. You know, if I buy a second home, I can rent it out and I can make all this money. Well, maybe (laughs) my real estate perspective is I've seen so many people, they don't realize, do you want to rent a hotel? I mean, it's like, do you realize how much work it is to check people in and check people out and and to qualify people and collect rents? And uh, it can be it can be daunting. And people there's no guarantee that your place is going to rent. Yeah, but you can hire somebody to do that. That's true. But again, you're relying on somebody else to do it. And um, you're going to charge you. Well, and you know how some salespeople always kind of pump things up? Not always, but there are a lot of salespeople will pump things up to make it sound like the deal of the century. And honestly, uh, you're competing with everybody else renting their places. Right. And, and you're, you know, and who's going to get, why would they pick your house over somebody else's house? Even though we all want to think our house is the best in the universe, um, you've got a lot of competition out there. And it's not as easy as it sounds. Well, I just stayed in a cabin for a week. And a couple of weeks ago, I was staying in a cabin with a couple of girls. I mentioned that last week. Right. And most of the cabins were empty. Uh-huh. You know, so if right. I had owned one of those cabins, I wouldn't have been able to rent it out. Right. Because people weren't, you know, people didn't want to go up there that week, I guess. So well, yes, I'm with you. You just because you think you can rent it out doesn't mean that you're going to rent it out. Right. You need to research that so very carefully. I'm not saying you can't because there are a few people out there who are very good at it and they know what they're doing and and they do make money at it. But the most people don't have the expertise or the time or the inclination. And I, I so don't get romanced into the idea that a second home is like a big money maker. Uh, you mentioned a book before by an author that I was unfamiliar with. But the the person I always go back to and, and we've kind of fashioned some some of our lifestyle after is the guy that wrote um, the man and the woman that wrote um, uh, rich dad, poor dad. Uh huh. Kurosaki. Is that who his name is? Kurosaki, I can't remember. Yeah. Rich, okay. Yeah. Where basically where he talks about instead of um, going around and buying like second and third homes, why not put, you know, be very careful about your budget where you're living and then buy investments with cash flow and then use the cash flow to go rent homes that you want to rent. And that's kind of the approach Tom and my husband, Tom and I have taken. It's like, if we spend the same amount of money, we would say you, you spend 250 buying a, a, a vacation home. Instead, put that 250 into a cash flowing investment that brings you cash flow and then use the cash flow to go rent anywhere and everywhere or buy first class plane. Um, exactly. Plane Exactly. You want to you want to if you want to go to London, England for three weeks or, you know, with on first class or do you want to be stuck going to the same place over and over again? I mean, yeah, I can understand how some people want to go to the same place, but it's also nice to be able to go see different parts of the world. Right. Right. Well, and, and don't you think, I mean, my experience is there a lot of people like to travel and a lot of people are homebodies. And although I, it sounds like you're kind of like me, we like to travel, we like to go to new places and experience new life. A lot of people are just happy staying home. And I don't think even if they had a second home, they would be that excited about going to that second home. They really just want to stay home. 
um, because they, they have a life and a family and um, experiences right where they are. So buying a second home, I don't think that would make them happy either. So well, you to know, me, we haven't even talked about RVs and boats. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, and, you know, I can't tell you. Now, I have friends that travel in their, like, they live in their RV, okay? Me too. Me and too. that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about no. having a house that you live in and an RV that you think you're going to use on the weekends or yes. whenever. I can't tell you how many people I know that buy an RV and it sits in their yard and they never use it. And these things are so expensive. Like They are. They're, you're not talking about the price of a car. You're talking sometimes six figures for these RVs. And um, gosh, you know, and it's not just the RV itself and the boat itself. It's the rent because you can't keep these things in your front yard. Mm -mm. You know, not in a lot of places, not like in a development where you live. No, you can't keep them there. So yes, my, my father and mother loved their RV and they went like every weekend they would go, they belonged to a camping club and they'd go places and they loved it. So Tom and I, we thought, well, maybe we should give it a try. So we borrowed an RV. Well, we borrowed it from my parents Uh and we went on, we went on like a three week vacation and we couldn't wait to get, turn it in when we got back. We were just like, we are not RV people. It's just not who we are. Um, so I, I always find it mystifying that people will go out and spend, you know, 50, 60, 100 more buying a really nice motorhome and they've never even tried the lifestyle. I know. Isn't that crazy? And you can rent, you can rent an RV. What is that place called? Something America? Yeah. RV America or Some, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You can I rent. I mean, it's, it's pricey, but it's not as pricey as buying one. No, I know. And <laughs> and the same token is with boats. Okay. We had a friend who said that, he bought a boat and he said the best two days of owning a boat is the day you buy it and the day you sell it. I've heard that. <laughs> yes, it's so true. And and when we go to Ventura, the, uh, when we go to the coast um, for a month in the summertime and rent a place, we see huge, um, like the harbor is filled with boats. And you can clearly see that a lot of those boats, just like RV storage, they're sitting there and deteriorating and they haven't been, they haven't been taken out in in years and they're just deteriorating and that's so sad to see the resources of a family just sitting there rotting away well you know what they call a boat Uh, uh, what a hole in the water surrounded by wood into which one throws money (laughs) it's so true (laughs) it's so true i want to be a phobo a friend of boat owner oh now that makes sense that's the best I want to be a phobo. So if, if any of you uh, people with boat, own, you know, who own a boat, call me and we'll make an arrangement. <laughs> or call, my... if you're on the West Coast, call Kathy. And, and if you're on the... <laughs> Oppo- uh, yeah, Kathy opposite. And that Kathy, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, we're both Kathy. We're both Kathy. Uh-huh. So... I know. Yeah. <laughs> it works no matter what. <laughs> Definitely. But, you know, a second home is... is can be very similar if it's not if I drive around in this little mountain community where uh, where we're staying right now I would say there's probably 50% of the houses sitting vacant and some of them look as sad as some of those boats sitting on the water um they are so neglected and you know falling apart literally and you're like why doesn't somebody let somebody, you know, I don't know, we get so attached to things, we just don't want to let them go. And that kind of goes back to the previous conversation of, of why are we so attached to things? And why can't we let go of them? And why don't we right size? 
you know, <laughs> you are making me feel like I have a house that's too big, even though it's not too big. <laughs> <laughs> you use your house. You already told me you use most of it. We do use our house. And now I'm realizing I use my guest room more than I thought. So there you go. Now, and now what you need to do is start hosting more dinner parties and using your dining room. That's a good it, idea. Yeah. I, I need to do that. You know, um, before we say goodbye, because I know the time is almost over, um, okay. Les and I have started together by ourselves, and we're gonna in, we're gonna add people to this. We started playing a game called Rummy Cube. Have you heard of it? It sounds familiar, but I can't rem- I, I can't recall. So there was an original game called Rummyo, and it was old, like in the I don't know fifties. And okay. basically, if you've ever played gin, gin rummy with, with cards, it's mm-hmm. kind of similar but different. You play it with tiles. And huh. I don't play Mahjong, but you know Mahjong has tiles. Right. And it is a game of uh, strategy because mm-hmm. once somebody puts the tiles down, their tiles down on, you know, you, you do runs and straights. So, you know, you would do of the same color, four, five, six, seven, or you would put three, three threes together, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And um, the, the goal of the game is to get rid of all your cards, all of your tiles. Uh-huh. And um, whoever, if you're playing with four people, then you count up all the tiles and the more tiles that you have when somebody went out, the worse it is. You want to have as low of a score as possible, right? Right, right. Well, you, not only can you use other people's tiles, but you can split them up. And so it's a real kind of strategy game. And mm. so Les and I have been playing that to kind of keep our brains better. Um, right. Now, if you listen to this show, you know that my husband has stage four cancer and he's taking a drug called Lupron. And Lupron is not really very good for your brain. People who take Lupron can notice dementia-like symptoms. And mm-hmm. so it's a little scary for me knowing that my husband is taking this. But I have to tell you, we now, uh, we played the game like maybe three times and we understand the game. And now it's time for us to bring other people into our house so that they can play with us because it's way more uh-huh. fun. It's way more fun when you have four people than when you have two. Right. And um, yeah, so I, I may get my house used more, but we probably won't play in the dining room, probably still play in the <laughs> breakfast room. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can always put a tablecloth on it and not hurt the table, right? That's true, but you can only play with four people. So oh. it's uh, it's not, you know, it's not like Monopoly or something where you can have a, a, a big one. Yeah, a big yeah. one like that. Well, yeah. I, I look forward to talking to you about how many times you've used your dining room between <laughs> now and the next and our next interviews. That's right. Now, the next episode is a secret. So you're going to have to join us next week to find out what we're going to be talking about. But in the meantime, Kathy, why don't you tell people how they can find you? Again, my blog is probably the easiest place to find me, and it's it is the word smartliving365.com. And I'm also on Facebook, um, Smart Living 365, or my name, um, Kathy Gottberg, and I spell my name K A T H Y. Now, how boring. 
How yeah, can... I know. <laughs> so pedestrian, I know. So that, normal. That comes from being a baby boomer and, and having a mom who, ba- you know, there's lots of us Cathy's, right? That's right. We're lots of chatty Cathy's, they called us. Yes, yes. And I'd love to talk to people. In, in fact, I've written about this idea of second home and people are, it's a, it's a big topic for people. And I, I love talking to people about it because to me, I'm passionate about, you know, is it something you really want? If it is, then go for it. But if you're not not sure, be, you know, think it through, think it through. I think that's so much uh, awareness and, you know, consciously choosing what works for our lifestyle. Is I love so that. Important. Consciously choosing. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Perfect. So. Yeah, and that's maybe what we'll talk. Maybe we'll talk about that next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tease it. Don't tease it. <laughs> Okay, great. Well, this was so fun. Thank you again for guest hosting. And um, for the listener, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rock Your Retirement show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August, actually August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One. Share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, You can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app, and then you search for the show, and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. 
make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.